0: Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely... You know, or who stretched the line upon it, on what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who shut in the, the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it, and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare, if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light? And where is the place of darkness, that you may take it to its territory, and that you may discern the paths to its home? You know who you were born then, and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of the hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? What is the way to the place where the light is distributed, or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the torrent of rain, and a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land where no man is, on the desert in which there is no man, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the ground sprout with grass? Has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb did the ice come forth? And who has given birth to the frost of heaven? The waters become hard like stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades, or loose the, cord of or- the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the Mazaroth in their season, or can you guide the bear with its children? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds, that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, Here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom or who can tilt the waterskins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clouds stick fast together? So far the reading. We now join and sing together from Psalm 104. Oh, bless the Lord, my soul, and praise his name. Oh, Lord, how great you are, how bright your fame. The stanzas one two, and eight of Psalm 104. Well, I'd like to listen to you this afternoon to the opening paragraph, the first paragraph of Article 12 of the Belgian Confession. Amen. You can follow the reading on page 503 in the Book of Praise. The title is, The Creation of All Things, Especially the Angels. We believe that the Father, through the Word, that is, through his Son has created out of nothing heaven and earth and all creatures, when it seemed good to him and that he has given to every creature its being, shape, and form, and to each its specific task and function to serve its creator we believe that he also continues to sustain and govern them according to his eternal providence and by his infinite power in order to serve man to the end, that man may serve his God. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, do you believe it, really? Do you believe that Adam and Eve were real people who really lived in a paradise created by God? Do you believe that the first chapters of Genesis record what really happened? Or or are those first chapters of Genesis really only a story, a myth, a fable? Interesting and making some significant points, no doubt, but only a story, nevertheless. If you are at all familiar with the issues that have disturbed, that continue to disturb many at church today, then you know that the issue of origins is still, or is again, center stage. The headship question, many people said. I oh, yes, the headship question does not really touch our salvation. We have a bit of leeway there, they said. We should be able to tolerate different, even conflicting, confessional points of view on it. But, but with the question of origins, it is different. They say, after all, what you confess about the start, about the creation of the world and the, uh, the creation of mankind, about the fall into sin and the promise of deliverance, see, that touches us today. It touches upon how we think about who we are. How we think about sin and salvation in Jesus Christ. How we see our place and our calling in this world and the end of all things. So it seems fairly clear and obvious. The question of origins is indeed a creedal matter. It does touch upon our salvation Here the lines must be much more strictly drawn. After all, we must not jeopardize our salvation, right? But about the moment the question of obedience to the scriptural revelation is replaced by the question, what will and what will not affect our salvation? The moment that is done, we have in fact knocked the foundation from under our confessional certainty. Because, you see, we have then moved away from the confessional certainty of it is written to the uncertainty of what is found in the realm of human opinion. And see, in the realm of human opinion, the one holds to this and another to that? And who then is to say who or what is right? For example, is it important to affirm that Adam and Eve were real, specific, historical individuals? It has been a number of years ago now That Dr. Howard Van Til wrote, I believe it would be altogether inappropriate to maintain a theological system that is uh, dependent upon the concept, keep that word in mind, the concept of Adam and Eve as specific historical individuals. While such a concept may have been very defensible in the context of a late medieval world picture, I believe, said Van Til, I believe that in the 20th century there is sufficient warrant for giving serious consideration to alternative views. You hear it. Van Til is persuaded that Adam and Eve should no longer be seen or confessed to be our first parents. They are instead reduced to a concept. Well, what does the Bible say? Well, do we, as Church of Jesus Christ, confess about the origins question? Article 12 of the Belgian Confession is clear and to the point. It says, we believe that the Father created heaven and earth and all creatures from nothing. When it seemed good to Him, by His word, that is to say, by His Son. Dr. Pullman begins his discussion on this article by reminding his readers that in the confession of the Church, everything focuses always and only on what it is the Lord God has revealed to us. The Church does not take a bow to science, he says, and she does not consult two sources the Bible, and the book of nature. Rather, says Pullman, everything the church confesses is rooted in the scripture. The Bible and it alone is both the foundation and is the fountain of everything we confess in our creeds. We need to say that Yes, we need to affirm that with emphasis today. Oh no, not because science has no place. It surely has a place in our life. But science is, and science remains, the work of people. As such, the result, the product, if you will, is always man's word. And man's word may never take the place of God's word. To be sure, there is the book of nature. And remember, well, in that book also it is the Lord God who spoke and who speaks to us. The creation we confess in Article 2 See, the creation is before our eyes like a beautiful, a most elegant book in which all creatures, great and small, are as letters to make us ponder the invisible things of God, His eternal power and His divinity. But, because of our fall into sin, that beautiful book, by itself, is not enough anymore. We can never learn from the book of nature, from the creation, that what God has revealed to us in the scriptures. Namely, that it is He who is the Creator of all things. See, that confession is not a matter of our discovery. Not a human being, by searching, ever found it out. Read again Job 38. No one could know that our Father in heaven created all things from nothing. No one could know that he did that by his word, that is, by his Son, except, except from reading it in the Bible. Ah, you see, we know it only because the Bible tells us so. The Bible tells us that it was God, the Triune God, who created all things from nothing. Consider the following. The fourth commandment reminds us every Sunday that it was the Lord God who created the heavens and the earth. And the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, the prophets underscore that it is the Lord God who formed all things. And many a psalm sings of both, of God's wisdom in creating all things, and of his almighty power in upholding and governing all things. Think of Psalm 104, which we sang. In the book of Acts, we are told that the church, upon the release of Peter and John from prison, lifted up their voice and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Just so, the Apostle Paul testified at Athens, where he proclaimed to the people gathered on the Areopagus, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And of the twenty four elves we read in the Book of Revelation that they fell down before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for, for you created all things, and by your will they existed. And were created. So it is clear. The testimony of old and new testament scriptures alike. Repeatedly underscores the fact. That it is God the Lord. Who created all things. He it is. Who called all things to be. By the word of his power. I by his power filled Word. And our creed says more. Article 12 also says, very specifically, that the Father created heaven and earth and all creatures by His Word. That is to say, by His Son. Well, now, Article 12 does that because it has listened carefully to the testimony especially of the New Testament scriptures. You see, there are a number of passages which which focus specifically on the activity of the Son in the work of creation. The opening words of the Gospel of John are very familiar. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. All things, he then goes on to say, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. People who know the Bible know that John's introductory verses intend to bring into focus what he then writes in verse 14. And the word... The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See the eternal, the unbegotten Son he is the Word of God, incarnate. well now it is through him. The Word made flesh, that all things were made. He who in the folds of time took upon himself the flesh and blood of mankind, that he might become our Redeemer, he it is, who in the beginning was the Creator, because he is our God moreover when the apostle Paul in his letter to the church at Colossae talks about the person and work of Christ see then he says of Christ he he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, Whether the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Did you notice? All things. Oh yes, all things were created in him, and through him, and for him. Pullman is right when he says that there is a mystery here, a mystery which no human being can ever fathom. No scientist could ever discover it, this, that the Father created the world through the Son, who is His image, His word, and in whom the fullness of His glory dwells. Remembered well, there is not a laboratory of science anywhere in this world that could or can discover that. No scientist has ever found it as a result of his or her experimentations. It is rather a certain knowledge which they have and they alone who by faith embrace the revelation of the Lord given in the scriptures. Ah, yes, we know it. By faith, by faith alone. And we must not permit anyone to rob us of that faith by an appeal to science, that is, by an appeal to what is, in fact, the Word of Man. Think of it. Can anyone explain the incarnation? of our lord can a scientist unravel unravel the mystery of the birth of him who is the word of god our creator and our savior surely not that mystery it can only be affirmed by faith we cannot explain the how of it We can only echo what the scriptures say. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, said the angel to Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Well now. Just so, we can only echo the word of the scripture which tells us that it was the Lord God who created the world. That he called it to be and it stood fast. That he did it from nothing and that he did it through his son of whom the writer of the letter to the Hebrews testifies he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Well now, through him, he created all things. And see, there is important to know and to underscore That, when the Bible speaks of God's work of creating all things, it uses a word, both in the Old and in the New Testament, it uses a word that is used only and exclusively of God's activity. It is never ascribed to a human being, says Aldous in his commentary on Genesis. In other words, the work of an artist may not be confused with God's creation work. To create is to call into being what before did not exist Both Pullman and Aldous point out that the word create is used not only to designate the activity of God which brings the world into being, but is used also to describe his mighty works in unfolding and upholding the world. In such cases, says Paulman, it is always used in reference to the mighty acts of God which cannot be explained as having been caused by some other thing. For example, Psalm 104 verse 30 tells us that the Lord by His Spirit renews the face of the ground. And David in Psalm 51 prays, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And Isaiah proclaims, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. See, the Lord God calls the things that are not, which have no being, no existence, and He gives to them their being. And their existence says Paul in Romans 4 well now that is what our confession confirms when it says that heaven and earth and all creatures were created from nothing against that background it is now also important that we note carefully what it is our confession says about the question, when? When did God create the heavens and the earth? Do we know? Can we know? Is it important that we know? The Bible, as you know, says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, for a long time now, people have tried to figure it out. How long ago was that? Is that a matter of thousands, of millions, or of billions of years? And yes, people have counted The years of the lives of people whose ages are mentioned in the Bible. And they have tested the ages of rocks and of the flora and fauna. But remember, central to all such activity is the fact that it is and that it remains the work of man. It is man seeking to interpret. It is man trying to explain what it is the Lord God says. Be it in the book which we know as the Bible or in the book we know as the creation. And see, because all of that is the interpretive work of people. It may never claim to be the revelation of the Lord. And it may never claim the authority which belongs only to the speaking of the Lord. The fact is, the Lord chose not to reveal to us when. When he created the heavens and the earth. And so the church confesses. Just listen. We believe that the Father created when it seemed good to Him. Well now, it is by faith, by faith alone, that we understand that the world was created by the Word of God. And see, Faith accepts that there are limits to what we may know or need to know. Oh, yes, faith seeks understanding, faith seeks knowledge, but, about faith. Recognizes that our every thought must be brought into subjection to Christ, who is the Word of God incarnate. Therefore, every theory that places Adam and Eve millions of years into the past must be rejected. It must be rejected because such a theory cannot be harmonized with the revelation given to us in the Bible. By the same token, every theory that that proclaims that we know or that we can know the age of the earth, of the raw material, if you will, must be rejected. For the fact is, No man knows that. The Lord has not revealed that. And the church has recognized that. I note that our confession says only that the Father created of nothing the heaven and the earth and all creatures. When? When it seemed good to him. In closing... Just a few thoughts about the purpose of the creation, about the task of God's creatures. See, we confess that God gave all creatures their being, form, appearance, and their various functions for serving their creator. Moreover, he sustains and he governs them all that they all those creatures, may serve man, order you know, that man may serve God. Over the years, there's been a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of corruption of that purpose. It has moved in two very different directions. Off to the one side, you see man abusing the creation, Man has used the creatures to whom God assigned the task that they serve man, remember. Man has used the creatures in such a way that those creatures were, are, violated. Additionally, the whole creation groans because man pollutes. Many a creature suffers because man torments it by his lifestyle, a lifestyle that sacrifices everything, nor that man may satisfy his every whim. Off the other side, however, is the ideology of those who deify the creation. They regard it as sacred, as if it, the creation, were really divine. That, too, is clearly contrary to Scripture. The Bible clearly teaches that the creation is not to be worshipped. They who worship the creature rather than the creator are self-condemned, says Paul in Romans 1. The green peace advocates, therefore, as well as the religion of the native peoples is altogether in error because they idolize, that is, they worship as divine what God created for the service of man. Remember, God assigned all creatures of his creation the task of serving man who is the crown of God's creation. God said to man, have dominion over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Oh no, having dominion is not a license to abuse. Surely not. But it does mean a God-designed place and task. See, it is a fact Every creature must serve the Creator. And they are to do that. They are to accomplish that by serving man in order that man may serve God. The farmer who ties up his cattle in a stable or barn may only do that in order that those cattle may the better serve him so that he in turn may serve the Lord with the fruit of his labors. The psalmist of Psalm 8, contemplating that, sings his song of praise to God. Ah, you see, he had looked at the beauty and the grandeur of the creation. He had seen the sun and the moon and the stars. Besides them, or beside them, man seems so small, so very insignificant. When I look at your heavens, he says, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? But listen now to his answer. Yet you have made him, man, a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You gave Him dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under His feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. You can't miss the point. Man, mankind, has an awesome task in God's creation and the fact is he we, we can only begin to do that when we redeemed in Christ our Savior and Lord confess with the psalmist "O Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth Therein, in so confessing, therein is our blessedness and our joy, for therein we fulfill the task assigned to us by our Creator. Praise the Lord. Amen.